We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 13th, 2011. This is part three, and we're going to continue with the same theme regarding apostasy in modern day religion. This next article is entitled, Pay-Per-View Joel Osteen. This is from PimpPreacher.com, and, uh, well, it's official. There is now a cover charge to hear and be near Joel Osteen. For those that are just so starstruck with his watered-down message, they can now pay a fee to look directly up his nose to the tune of $147. After a buddy of mine told me about this preferred seating charge, I had to do a little research to confirm if he was just being sarcastic. But lo and behold, there is an actual charge to get close to mighty Joel Osteen. There is no need to talk about there is no need to talk about how many people are flocking to Houston to hear Osteen's version of the gospel. But I had no idea that that many, that that many of these people were actually paying a cover charge to get close to him. Here's the actual copyright from the website promoting the event. It's, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. It's Joel Osteen Key Arena. Uh, it's evidently, this is for Friday, 7.30 p.m., January 6, 2012. I mean, we're talking about advanced seating here. I mean, this is this is like January 6, 2012. Tickets for Joel Osteen, Seattle show in the Key Arena are on sale here. Without the hidden service charges, you'll find on other sites. Oh boy, thank you so much. You can find a great selection of Joel Osteen tickets as well as the Key Arena seating chart for Joel Osteen to help you pick out the best theater seats. Theater fans have turned to preferred seating tickets for the best tickets for Joel Osteen since 1987 uh, because of our reliability and real ticket prices. So I guess you can pay up to 147 just to be near the guy. Uh, reserve your seats now for Joel Osteen at Key Arena in Seattle online or charged by phone, and it gives you the 800 number. At the same time as this event, Dr. Miles Monroe is hosting a conference in which the pay-per-view charge is 199 big ones. That's right, Miles Monroe is at an all-time low by attempting to offer his very own pay-per-view to naive followers around the world. See the actual flyer below. And I give you in the PDF for November 13, 2011 on contendingfortruth.com. You'll see a 21, 22-page PDF. All of this is listed out for you. You can check it out for yourself. Uh, what type of infatuation would make a person pay more money just to get closer to another human being? Shouldn't the religious meetings have that feature his sermons be free of charge uh, with hope that someone in attendance might get saved? Ever since T.D. Jakes uttered the words, quote, Jesus is the product on Larry King Live, we have witnessed more and more capitalism intruding into the body of Christ. I mean, T.D. Fakes had the audacity to say that Jesus is the product on Larry King Live. Well, hey, at least he's honest. I mean, it's true. Um, I find it interesting that one of the few times in the scriptures we see our Lord and Savior get angry was when he witnessed the same type of greed demonstrated in the church by the money changers. It is for this reason that I have taken up a cause against these so-called Christian conferences and fake revivals. This is the guy writing the, the this article. In the past, I've had the opportunity to attend a few of these conferences way back when I was infected with mad church disease. And I can attest, obviously that's he's being tongue in cheek. I can attest that there are nothing more they are nothing more than opportunities to suck thousands of dollars out of the pockets of um, these so called Christians, all in the name of Jesus, that is. All I've really witnessed is a motivational speaker take the stage and spew out a ton of generic sermons designed to seduce the conference goers in an emotional climax, in the same fashion that Marvin Gaye took the stage in 1973 to perform ungodly songs, so too are the preachers now engaging in performances they deem worthy of a cover charge. Pastors should never demand payment for presenting the scriptures and definitely not impose a preferred seating charge. Imagine if Jesus had a preferred seating charge. Then the paralytic in Matthew 9 could have simply paid to get to the front row in the meeting instead of having to be lowered down from a hole in the roof. Can you imagine Jesus Christ charging $147 just to be near him? And then I give you this whole this whole uh, ungodly uh, thing, this Dr. Miles Monroe. Four power-packed days of transformational leadership. November 6th through the 10th, 2011, Global Leadership Summit 2011. 
pay-per-view only $199 for the entire seminar. Now, I'm reading this right off the thing in my made-for-TV voice. Anyway, um, order online today. Want to attend, but busy schedule or cash constraints prevented you from attending? No problem. You can view the conference live, on the go, from your office or home live via pay-per-view. Order today and get 30% off the entire conference package, CD, DVD. I mean, what a guy. What a guy. He's only charging 199 bucks. Man. Uh, Taylor's begging me to go. She, she wants me to put her on a plane flyer out there. She wants front row seating. That'll probably cost another grand, you know. So anyway, yeah, uh, just, you know, really, really biblical stuff going on here. I mean, what can I say? Um, let's go further. Uh, next article, Bankrupt Church Wants Donations for Pastor's Sick Wife Ferried in a Limo. Yeah, some members of the bankrupt Orange County, California megachurch, I believe this is the Crystal Cathedral, are expressing outrage after fielding an email request for congregants to deliver food. Now, this is regarding Schuler, okay? Robert Schuler, devil boy himself, okay? Uh, I believe of the Crystal Cathedral. That they, I guess, they went under. They went bankrupt. There, you know, they couldn't, um, you know, they couldn't provide the lavish lifestyles that Schuler and them needed. The everything went bankrupt. So, some members of the bankrupt Orange County, California megachurch are expressing outrage after fielding an email request for congregants to deliver food to waiting limos so that they could be ferried to the founder's sick wife. Awaiting limos. The appeal comes weeks after a lawsuit charged that the founder of the Crystal Cathedral House of Worship, Reverend, which is a totally unbiblical title, the Bible says holy and reverend is he, one time in the Bible referring to God, not a man, anyway, that the Reverend Robert Schuler and his family have been paying themselves lavish salaries and other benefits while the church was in financial straits. Oh, imagine that. What's this world coming to? They've completely depleted the church's funds, one member said, Bob Canfield, told the Orange County Register, but they have shown that they have absolutely no remorse for what they've done. Well, I mean, shouldn't pastors be this way? Shouldn't they just fleece the flock every week? Come on! That's what Robert Schuler's been doing. You know, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You got a, you got a Luciferian in the pulpit, that's what he's going to do to you, and he's not going to have any remorse. This guy's most likely a Satanist. But they have shown they have absolutely no remorse for what they've done. They're still being chauffeured around in limos. And the church is bankrupt. We, the congregants, have nothing. Well, you deserve nothing. You deserve what you get. I, I, just, I have a really hard time having compassion. I hope you wake up. But, you know, you go on the apostasy pain train, you're going to get burned. An email sent recently by Crystal Cathedral administrators said that Schuler and his wife, Arvilla... It should be Cruella. I like Cruella Beller. Like Cruella DeVille on the 101 Dalmatians. Anyway, uh, would appreciate meals over the next three to four weeks. It added, they, and now I'm quoting here in this email, it added, they're to be sent to the church in order to be transported to Cruella. I mean, Ar- Arvella. The limo drivers could pick up the dinners or meet in the tower lobby around 4.30 p.m., please. Arvella Schuler has been suffering from pneumonia, and the email asked that the food be low in sodium and include such items as fruit, meat, soup, and eggs. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> low in sodium. So they can ferry it from their limos to their house after they bankrupt the church because Arvella's nutritional status is waning. Can you believe this garbage? Crystal Cathedral Ministries filed for bankruptcy last month. A lawsuit filed from the creditors alleges that the Schulers borrowed more than $10 million from the church's endowment fund and used it for salaries and regular church expenses. R.H. Schuler used his control and influence to cause the cathedral to enter into agreements that benefited himself and his family to the detriment of the creditors and in breach of fiduciary duties to the church the suit charges. I mean, honestly, I I think it's great. I think these types of devil institutions need to be exposed for what they are. And and the and these pastors need to be exposed for what they, I mean they can't even they 
I mean, this is just unbelievable. It, it's almost like you would think it was a joke. If, if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't actually based on fact, you think, oh, come on, this is some kind of thing you're making up or whatever. No, it's real. It's real. And the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. So let's go further. Next article. California church preaches gospel at the bar, a literal bar, and replaces, uh, beer with coffee or coffee with beer. Churches like businesses are always trying to attract new faces. Some use tactics like providing coffee and sweets, or they boast of a variety of different ministries for all age groups. Others have worship bands of rock star proportions and lots of digital technology to keep parishioners entertained. But a new church in San Jose, California has a very different tact. It provides beer for attendees after the service, of course. Oh, why not during? Come on. Why not hard liquor, too? You can get all tanked up during the service, swill, swill some beer back. You know, come on, I mean, take the gloves off. Why not go all the way? I mean, if you're going to serve Satan, serve him, serve him all the way. Bill Jenkins, a native Londoner, calls this month's old church plant in Northern California urban life. Um, why don't they call it brewskis? Why don't they call the church brewskis? That would be appropriate, wouldn't it? The Church of Brewskis. Anyway, they meet downtown San Jose in a bar called the Loft Bar in Bistro at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. He told the Christian Post he wants to create a safe environment for a dangerous message. He's living on the edge, this pastor. 92% of the population of Santa Clara County, where San Jose resides, is unchurched. The majority of people here have rejected traditional forms of church. So Jenkins wants to provide church in a new way. Most people that come to our church wouldn't touch a traditional ter- church with a with a barge pole, he said. So he has made urban life as unchurch-like as possible. That's biblical. I mean, that's really biblical. Why all churches should be unchurch-like, as unbiblical as possible, right? I mean, come on. So their website backs it up, too. Urban life is a community of faith with no religious rites, rituals, or man-made rules to trip you up. Oh, I hate it when that Bible trips me up. You know? Uh, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm quoting right off the website. That, but that doesn't mean they don't subscribe to any theology. Even though the hour-long service doesn't follow much of an order of worship, it's simple. With Jenkins preaching a short sermonette message and then breaking the 20 or so attendees in a small groups to talk and later return as a large group to discuss what they've talked about. Oh good, hopefully we can get a lot of of heart-filled opinions interjected into that. I'm sure that's all you're going to get anyway. After the service, the people stick around and have a drink at the bar. They belly up to the bar per se. Jenkins said this is where the real ministry takes place. Yeah, after you're all tanked up, you know, drunk, at the bar, people want to talk about their faith and their doubts. He likens it to an experiences with local pubs back in England. He says he wants to create an atmosphere like this in San Jose. Jenkins was an ordained in the Baptist Church of England. They did a great job with this guy. I mean, really good job. And then later, when he moved to the United States, he was ordained an independent Christian church in South Valley, San Jose. Jenkins doesn't want to become, quote, another Christian country club. He said he wants to foc- focus heavily on discipleship with its members. Discipleship? I mean, what a great example you're, you're using to disciple these congregants here. I mean, I, I don't even want to, I can't even say anymore. He says, come on, he said to the reporter who offered to visit the unconventional church in the area. He says, I'll buy you a pint, a pint of beer. So, that's uh, another uh, stellar example of um, the uh, end-time apostasy that we're firmly entrenched in. Here's the next article. Christian Church teams up with High Priestess of Isis. Famous denomination welcoming paganism with guided meditations. And the first thing we see is this lovely picture of High Priestess Laurent Vigny of Isis Oasis. That's where she has her little thing. She's got the whole Egyptian uh, motif. Um, just, anyway, you can see her picture 
on the PDF. A Protestant church in California is coming under fire for some Christians over its upcoming conference featuring guided meditations by the high priestess of the pagan fertility goddess Isis. Hey, listen, why can't we all just lighten up? I mean, what's the problem? A little paganism? Come on. The fifth annual Faith and Feminism Conference, taking place November 11th through 13th, is being hosted by the Ebenezer Lutheran Church of San Francisco. Again, San Francisco being the pillar of of all things Christian. uh, Which bills itself as, quote, her church. Now, you'll understand what that means in a moment. Among the scheduled participants is Lorraine Vigny, High Priestess of Isis Oasis, a temple retreat and animal sanctuary Vigny founded in 1978. And she she told World Daily Net, I personally see Isis as Mother Nature, and that she encompasses everything with her wings. She is a winged goddess. She encompasses any other goddess from any culture. Vigny, who plans to bring several other high priestesses to the conference, will conduct prayers, songs, and meditation. Now, this is a Lutheran church, okay? Uh, Guided meditation is where the audience closes their eyes and you take them on a little journey. She explained, I've taken people to their past lives in Egypt, as that culture had all the secrets. They're They're the ones that knew. Their main concept is to know thyself, know thy heart, and know thy soul, and know thy purpose. Oh, isn't this wonderful? I sense a group hug building, a hallmark moment in the making. So, yeah, she takes people into their past lives in Egypt. I mean, like, what, through remote viewing, astral projection? I mean, what, you're getting the third eye opened up? Of course, that's it's, it's all absolutely occultic in nature. This is all pure, 100% witchcraft, what she's using here. And they come off with this sticky, try to present this sticky, sweet veneer of, you know, all this garbage that they're spewing out here, but, you know, the only, her only goal, this woman's only goal, is to see how many people she can get into hell through her godless, evil, false religion. I mean, through Satan, that's what Satan's goal is through this woman. So that's that's the thing that you have to understand. She's She is a ambassador, an emissary of Satan with her main goal is to get as many people into hell and ultimately like a fire as possible. That's how I view her goal. Because ultimately that's what she's doing. She says the belief system is based on the ancient Egyptian concept of balance. With 42 laws that are actually 42 ideals. She says, quote, it's kind of like a Ten Commandments, but all done in a positive concept. So in other words, it's better. Uh, she said, I sh- she said, I shall not kill is rendered, I honor all lives as sacred. Uh, going further, besides honoring the goddess, the staff of Isis Oasis also provides massage therapy along with tarot, or tarot and astrology readings according to their website. Why doesn't that surprise me? So they're into divination and all kinds of damnable heresies. Throughout the Bible, there are many warnings against worshiping false gods. The Israelites were nearly exterminated by God when they made a golden calf to worship but said it was a festival to the Lord. And they were later warned, if their heart turned away and serve other gods, that they would certainly be destroyed, according to Deuteronomy 30, 17-18. Defending the event is one of the organizers, Reverend Megan Roller, the first openly transgendered Lutheran minister ordained in the United States. Now, if that doesn't warm the cockles of your heart, I don't know what will. The first openly ordained transgendered Lutheran woman reverend minister. In how ungodly, I mean, how many abominations can you count there? I, I, and then they show a picture of her. I, I, she's wonderful. I mean, she's got the, the piercings on her face and looks like a guy, a butched up guy. I mean, with the priest collar, you got to have the priest, and the flowing robes. You got it all in one package here. I mean, you really got, you know, all the abominations wrapped up into one nice clean package. She goes on to say, or he, I don't know if it's a he or she, I have no idea. I think the world is much more interested in interfaith connection than exclusivity. Well, thank you for speaking on behalf of the whole world, Reverend. Um, While acknowledging concern about mixing paganism with Christianity is a hot issue, um, 
the pastor said, Christians that say that probably don't know what paganism is. Oh, see, we're just uneducated. I just don't know what a real good pagan is. I had a, I had a pagan tell me that once. It was my mom's friend, Betty. And we were, we were talking about this, and she says, well, you just don't, you don't understand what a, uh, a good pagan is. <laughs> like, oh, my word, a good pagan. Uh, they, they like to fancy themselves in their own wicked heart as good pagans, but I think uh, comparing scripture to scripture, we're going to see that there is no such thing as a good pagan. So going further, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines pagan as heathen, especially a follower of a polytheistic religion, as in ancient Rome. It defines the word heathen as an unconverted member of a people or nation that does not acknowledge the God of the Bible. This particular Lutheran church in San Francisco is far from what many might consider mainstream. For instance, it heavily promotes a female identity for God with a giant banner hanging from its purple exterior declaring, Goddess loves all her children. We are a divisive, a diversive community standing firmly within the Christian tradition. You liars from the pit of hell. Standing firmly in a Christian tradition? Standing firmly in a total pagan tradition, none of this has anything to do with Bible-believing Christianity. How dare they utter those blasphemous words? Standing firmly within a Christian, Christian tradition in order to re-image the divine by claiming her feminine persona, her feminine. They view God as goddess, is what they view. They view, they view God as being female. The very big trend within a lot of Christian apostasy is to view this as, as um, there being a feminine aspect to God. Very, 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 you're, you're going to see more and more of this, this garbage. Um, you know, they're basically saying Father God is feminine or God has a wife. That's another really big theme as well. Then it goes on to say, the, their website, Our Christian Lutheran feminist prayers and liturgy, liturgy reached back into the storehouse of tradition to bring forth names as Mother, Shaddaiah, Sophia, Womb, Midwife, Shekinah, She Who Is. She Who Is, like I am that I am. Did you notice the other word I mentioned? Shekinah? A lot of people think that that's this really, really super Christian, Christian, Christian word. It's not. I'm telling you, you do a study of that word, it's, it's out of paganism. A lot of people use that word in Christianity. They do not know what they're saying, just like when they use that word Yahweh. Uh-uh. You better really get your facts straight. You need to go up and listen to my teaching I did on this called the sacred names issue. A lot of people are out there thinking that they're so much better and they're so much holier because they use supposedly Hebrew words. And they don't even know what they're saying. And I'm telling you flat out right now that you need to look into that issue. Because if you just taught the teaching of some man... I mean, if all you ever had was a Bible, would you ever stumble into that? Would you ever think, well, I've got to use the word Yahweh, and I've got to use Yah, and I've got to use all these other words in Shekinah? No, you would never even, you would never even get into that heresy. But because we're so much holier in the day and time we're living in, and there's all this Hebrew roots influence, which I've done so many teachings on exposing the wickedness of that, trying to bring us back into this bondage-based religion that Jesus Christ freed us from, but because there's so much of that infiltration, you see a lot of that. You see a ton of that. And you better get educated on that thing, because if you, whoever you're crying out to, you, it better be the Lord Jesus Christ. It better be Father God, and not some deity that you're not even aware who you're crying out to. It's, it's a very serious issue. But yeah, they don't have any problem with, with uh, Shekinah. So anyway, they do so, and this is continuing from the website, they do so out of renewed insights into the nature of the gospel, empowered by the risen Christ Sophia. I'll tell you, I'm looking, and they show the outside of the uh, church building, www.herchurch.org, her church, the goddess. Everyone welcome at this table, 10.30 a.m., goddess, Loves all her children. What an abomination from the pit of hell. 
I would not want to be in that church when God lowers the hammer. And that day is coming. I believe that. Asked to explain the church's theology, Reverend Rower said, Being Christian and being a feminist are not, are not two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, they are, you witch. Yes, they are. But see, because she says it, that means it's so. She cannot justify her actions biblically, obviously. It's just her heartfelt, wicked, ungodly, lesbian opinion. Transgendered lesbian opinion. That's what we're dealing with here. Then she goes on to make this brilliant statement, or he, she, I don't know what it is. The UN, the United Nations, continues to say, if we're able to educate women globally, we will probably eliminate poverty. He, she added. Oh good, now you're yoked up with the UN. Why doesn't that surprise me? The most wicked global organization on the planet. At the very spear tip of ushering in the coming one world religion, one world religious system, one world economy, one world currency. The UN, and she's quoting the UN. Other events at the conference include a chanting workshop with another ISIS priestess, Katie Ketchum. Inclusive hymns, sacred walks, sacred drums, sacred dance, and sacred kundalini yoga mantras, my favorite. Kundalini, you know, the whole serpent coiled at the base of the spine, garbage yoga mantras, which the church says, quote, are composed of basic phonetic sounds common to all languages and have been used to invoke the presence of the divine for centuries. Yeah, they, they invoke demons, that's true. Very, very true. I mean, this is all witchcraft we're talking about here. Okay, so let's go further here. Also speaking at the conference is Mary Stufert, Director for Justice for Women at the ELCA's headquarters in Chicago. She refused comment when asked about her participation. Interest in the Egyptian goddess is certainly not new in the news. In the mid-1970s, she became a flying superhero on the CBS Saturday morning TV series Isis. Didn't I show you a clip from that, Taylor, one time? Isis? It it was this really B-rated show. It was... uh, Honestly, I think it was a cartoon, too. I'm pretty sure there was a real show, like a real human being in this show, and then a a cartoon. I can remember watching um, these demonic-based cartoons when I was young. I didn't know what it meant at the time. Um, The program featured actress Joanna Cameron playing a science teacher who, after unearthing an ancient cursed amulet, I threw the word cursed in, on an archaeological dig, transforms herself into a superpower. The endowed do-gooder, by utilizing, by uttering the incantation, Oh, mighty Isis, um, and then another catchphrase on the show was, Oh, Zephyr winds that blow on high, lift me now so I can fly. That's catchy. Anyway, Vigny says today there are many thousands of followers of ISIS worldwide. The important thing is, is that it's growing enormously, according to her. And it probably is. There is a resurgence of interest, she said. I think that people are getting annoyed with the normal churches, the established kind of organized religion. I call mine a disorganized religion. Well, you're right, Mrs. Transgendered Lesbian Witch. You are right. And then humorously I say I have katma, not dogma. Oh, isn't that special? So anyway, she, you know, the plan words catma, not dogma, get it anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's a little update there. Let's go further. Um, persecuted Christian, don't expect these pastors to speak up. Half don't plan to even mention martyrs. Um, about half of all pastors in the Americans, America's churches today do not want to tell their congregation that there are forces in the world that persecute Christians for their beliefs because it's a, quote, downer. Wow. According to the results of the startling new poll, Barna Research Associates survey commissioned by Open Days USA says that a significant majority of American Christians, some three out of four, want to hear about the persecuted church. But the same study showed that 52% of America's pastors don't want to talk about persecution and have no plans to talk about it. In the nationwide poll of more than 800 churches, 74% of America's churchgoers want to hear about the church, the persecuted church. But again, 52% of America's pastors will not say anything about it because it's a downer and they don't have plan on saying anything about it. Well, I mean, if they brought it up, that might mean that maybe that church might have a responsibility to help their persecuted brothers and sisters worldwide. And they wouldn't want that because that might mean more money going out of their church. I'm thinking that's how they're thinking. And not only that, 
if people come to get their ears tickled every week and they start getting into this downer material, they might lose a whole bunch of people. You can't have that. You can't build an empire if you're losing people, right? I mean, it's just an abomination, all this stuff. Going further. Next article. A coalition of ministers and pro-family advocates is questioning the double standard on hate crimes in the wake of an attack Saturday against Christian Liberty Academy, or CLA, which was threatened with more violence if it continues to host conservative groups like Americans for Truth about Homosexuality, or AFTA. Assailants threw two large paver bricks through the glass doors of CLA with a note on the paver bricks that said, this is just a sample of what we will do if you do, don't shut down Scott Lively and AFTA. On a left-wing Chicago website, the alleged attackers took credit for the crime and wrote, These chunks of concrete were thrown through these windows and doors for two reasons. To show that there is a consequence for hatred of homophobia in our community and to directly cause this event to be shut down. So in other words, the uh, gay blades are up there basically just trying to intimidate any Christian that would dare speak out against this abomination from the pit of hell that the Bible in the Old Testament was a death penalty. It's a death penalty if you were participating in homosexuality. The Bible refers to, in Romans 1, that those that participate in this lifestyle have been turned over to a reprobate mind. And, you know, the Bible totally condemns this behavior. Totally. But, you know, the homosexuals and the trans and bi or whatever sexuals, they want to keep you know, everybody's mouth shut because, you know, this isn't politically correct. They want to keep all the Christians silent about this stuff. So, then they go on to say on the brick, I guess, uh, oh no, this is the people that took credit for it on the internet. If this event is not shut down and the homophobic day trainings do not end, the Christian Liberty Academy will continue to be under constant attack. If I was them, I would be doing some serious praying and fasting against this pure wickedness. That God would deal with them. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of God's doing. That the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart would glory. I mean, is it a better world if if these sodomites get away with doing this? Is, is it a good thing for Christianity if they get away with this? I mean, why is it the law enforcement tracking their IP addresses. I guarantee you, if it was a Christian doing something opposite, they would have been all over this. They would have already found these people, but they can actually go up and post online and not have any repercussions. No, law enforcement won't do anything about it. That's not a crime. No, they were just expressing their opinion. You do anything against Islam or anything against homosexuals or in any way, shape, or form that they deem is politically incorrect, you know, you'd be in jail as a Christian. Americans for Truth President Peter LaBarbera said, Some of the media are calling this terrorist act vandalism, which we doubt they would do if the situation were reversed and right-wing extremists threw two large bricks through the glass doors of some gay church. Oh, no. But the gays can do whatever they want. You know, they can come in, disturb church meetings, do all kinds of stuff. They don't, you know, it's all, that's all their constitutional right. And um, we're just... Um, homophobic bigots if we protest against it in any way, shape, or form. And you look in the Bible, and you know one of the two things that always got brought, always brought God's severest judgment on a city, region, nation were homosexuality and that particular lifestyle and everything that goes along with it. I mean, look at Sodom and Gomorrah, rained on fire and brimstone, killed every single person in there. You know, it's still just as much of a serious matter to God as it was in that day. But, you know, you just we're not supposed to say anything about that anymore and just act as though it's all good. Uh, this next article is from CNN. And I think I'm going to play this. It's, it says, My take, why Christians are embracing their lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender neighbors. We're going to get CNN's take on it now. Okay, not going to happen because I don't have any internet. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, it was a clip from CNN. Why supposed, why Christians? And again, these aren't Christians. These are pseudo lukewarm Laodicean Christians that call themselves Christians. They're embracing their lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender neighbors, you know, which 
increasingly there's more and more and more pressure uh, of all this type of movement to try to shove this down our throats and make Christians embrace this. You know, they might as well just kill me because it, it ain't going to happen for me. It will not happen. I will die before I embrace this abomination, this lifestyle, or condone it in any way, shape, or form. So, that's my stance. Anyway, um, next article. Lesbian couple crowned homecoming king and queen. Lesbian couple. Here's an, a wonderful little 8 by 10 glossy portrait of... The home, lesbian homecoming king and queen, and it's entitled Lesbian Homecoming King Gets Her Queen. Isn't that special? Anyway, it's uh, two California high school students became the first lesbian couples crowned homecoming king and queen in the nation this weekend. See, we are, we've come so far, haven't we? We haven't, we as a nation, I mean, look at how far we've come. And that's how, this is how people are thinking though. That's the sick thing is, is what I just said is literally how people are thinking. I went and watched videos of this, and when they announced this in the school, in California, you should have heard the shrill screams of students that were just so emphatically celebrating, happy, what, oh, oh, look at how far we've come, oh, you know, whatever, Thank Satan that, that, that we've done, I mean, they should be, that we, we're, so, we're so liberal and we've got it so together and we're so wonderful and, and we, we finally broke through this barrier. And it's an absolute abomination in the sight of God. Rebecca Aurelino, a senior at Patrick Henry High School, was made the, the school's first female homecoming king. Homecoming king, a female. How, how does that work? I, I don't understand that. Evidently, she's the one that's more dominant. She's the one that's assumed the role of male in this lesbian couple. Because invariably, in lesbian couples, you've got one, and this happens with gay couples, men, um, you've got one that's, that takes on the role as the man, and then one that takes on the more submissive role. Invariably, you see that, in, in um, all of these couples. So evidently she's the one that's more dominant. She's, you know, so. Um, she was, um, they were chanting my name and it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Uh, Aurelino's lesbian girlfriend, Halia Adams, who also attends Patrick Henry High School, was made homecoming queen at the Saturday, Saturday night's dance. I was happier than when I won my little... I was happier when I won. My little Hialeah has just announced... I was happier than when I won. My little Hialeah had just been announced. Homecoming Queen and I... The Homecoming Queen and I couldn't feel happier. Thanks to every single... Thanks to every single one of you. You guys made this happen. And we are all part of something huge. Yes, a huge, gigantic abomination in the sight of God. That's what you're part of something huge of. Okay. Then she goes on to say, my girl looks absolutely flawless. Oh boy. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that open display of affection. I mean, come on. That, that's that's got to warm you deep somewhere. Anyway, uh, she wrote all this stuff on Facebook Saturday night. And then there's another video. And it's entitled, Teens Hail Gay Prom Coming King as Queen. You know? I mean, you know, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion, and he totally condemns homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexuality. Uh, he condemns it all as a total abomination. But now it's being honored, and it's being put on this pedestal, and it's getting this status that's just like... I, I, I just... It's got to make you angry as a Christian. I mean, the Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not. It's called righteous indignation, which is an attribute of God. And uh, it, it's just beyond sickening and pathetic that this is actually uh, going on. And really, you just don't... The church should be out there protesting this stuff. Preaching again. But no, they, they can't. They're not going to do that. They might lose congregates, their 501c3 status. They've got to be politically correct. There's only certain things they can say according to keep their 501c3 charter. I mean, that's true. 
There's certain things that they got to shy away from, and they, they wouldn't want to be politically incorrect. They wouldn't want to be the subject of persecution or ridicule. Oh, no, they wouldn't want any of that. They don't want to suffer for the cause of Christ. <laughs> no way. They want to prosper. They want to, they you remember, Jesus is the product, right? According to T.D. Fakes and Creflo, give me a dollar. I mean, come on. That's their. That's how they look at things. That's all. That's the only conclusion I can come to. I'm not saying every single church on the on, in America. I'm saying the vast majority. They're not being salt and light <laughs> at all. They're not reproving the unfruitful works of darkness and having no fellowship with them. They're actually yoking themselves up with the unfruitful works of darkness and promoting them, or at bare minimum, staying silent about them. Next article, Girl Scouts now allow transgendered boys to join the brownie troops. Another heartwarming little tale here. The Girl Scouts of Colorado have flip-flopped on a decision not to let a seven-year-old boy join their seven-year-old join their organization now saying he is welcome even though he's not a girl. According to Fox News, the Girl Scouts issued a statement at, to the local Fox affiliate saying they are, they are an inclusive organization and will accept Bobby. The troop leader who turned out who turned him away made a mistake. They said, and the situation is now being rectified. Quote, if a child identifies as a girl and the child's family presents her as a girl, even though he's a boy, Girl Scouts of Colorado welcomes her. As a Girl Scout, even though he's got all the male stuff. You know, that doesn't matter. Oh, she's a girl, just call it a girl. Even though he's obviously a boy. Again, God, notice, oh, God is not the author of confusion. Everything we just talked about is absolute, total, utter confusion. God's not the author of it. But any time Satan can get in and pervert, twist, and He's going to do it. And this is just evidence of his hoof prints all over this. This this follows a long history of liberal leanings of the Girl Scouts of America. I've reported on this before about the Girl Scouts. They are wicked. Girl Scouts support Planned Parenthood. Girl Scouts recognize many gods. Little G. Girl Scouts advances in um, lesbianism and radical feminism. And now they're allowing transgendered boys into the brownie troops. The Girl Scouts of America have lost its way and its mind. A boy is not a girl and a story. And then I give you some resources here. Uh, send an email to the new Girl Scouts of America chief executive, Anna Maria Chavez, expressing your disgust in all of their destructive policies just mentioned. Uh, AFA, now this is American Family Association, is proud to recommend the Christian-based American Heritage Girls as an alternative to the Girl Scouts of America, American Heritage Girls has over 13,000 members in 41 states. I don't know anything about them, but um, that's that's their recommendation there. Um, and I think this is the last story. Pepsi shareholders demand companies stop using aborted fetal cell lines in flavor research. I've reported on this before, but this is a little bit of an update. The pro-life organization Children of God for Life announced today the filing of a shareholder resolution with the Securities and Exchange Commission and PepsiCo protesting the use of aborted, of aborted fetal cell lines for the research and development of flavor enhancers for the beverages. They're protesting the use of aborted fetal cell lines for research and development of flavor enhancers for their beverages. I'm, I'm not making this up. This is going on. PepsiCo. You shouldn't buy anything made from PepsiCo. I'm sorry, but I, I know it's getting harder and harder to even live and buy products. But they're using this in their taste testing. You know... They have to really satanically go out of their way to come up with this garbage. You've got to really bend over satanically backwards in order to even think about this garbage. And what else does this kind of remind you of? It reminds me of how they culture, I believe it's up to like 19 different vaccines, literally off aborted babies. 
if you look up like Verivax, the chicken pox vaccine, or MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, and you look at what the culturing agent that they literally grow the vaccinations from, they'll say human diploid cells, and then it'll give you a strain, and that basically breaks down to a certain number of an aborted baby that they used for that. And then they inject that into your body, little children, and who knows what kind of spiritual ramifications that might have. But bare minimum, you've got to be putting some kind of spiritual curse on your life or being, you know, the adopted demon program. And who knows what it's doing to you physically. Can't be good, I know that. It reminds me a lot of this. Very similar. They're finding all kinds of ways where they can actually get us to, to eat, ingest, or get injected. Things grown off or where a Aborted babies are actually used. The, the, the highest abomination in God's eyes. And we're getting this stuff injected into us and we're, we're using it and in, in you know, consuming it. Well, if you were Satan, wouldn't you try to work an angle like that? He is. It's exactly, it's purely satanic, just like everything else we've pretty much uh, hit on in the last couple teachings. The last couple parts here. In August of 2010, PepsiCo. Now, they're not just the one that makes Pepsi. PepsiCo makes a lot of products, and you'd have to actually go online to... I would have tried to put the chart in here, but I can't get online, so... Um, you can research that and find out the products they make. They PepsiCo entered into a four-year agreement with Sonomics for development of artificial high-potency sweeteners for PepsiCo beverages. Under the contract, PepsiCo is paying $30 million. got to sell a lot of Pepsi. To cover a $30 million, uh, you know, payout. It's a lot of Pepsi you're selling. But they're paying Sonomics $30 million for the research and future royalties on PepsiCo products sold using Seminix technology. When the pro-life group wrote both companies requesting that they use one of several non-objectionable viable cell lines listed in their patents, Sonomics did not respond. PepsiCo did reply, however, saying that this research using cell lines derived from aborted babies, this is what they admitted to, PepsiCo said that this research using cell lines derived from aborted babies would produce great tasting Lower calorie beverages. That was their response. PepsiCo. May God rain down his fury on that ungodly company and every other company of their ilk. I mean, again, if that don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. I, I can't even comprehend this stuff anymore. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't even comprehend what I'm reporting on on, on a week-to-week basis. It, it's so evil and but there, there you have it in a nutshell. Uh, we covered a lot of stuff today. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this for today. Um, we'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us to allow us to once together come, come together, Lord, exposing um, the unfruitful works of Satan that have been so amply demonstrated and set before us this day and in many other teachings we've, we've looked at to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them, to make them manifest, Lord God, as your word commands to do, that we be not ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us, that we are not destroyed for lack of knowledge, because there's so many devices of Satan, Lord God, in today's day and age, that it would be very easy to be affected by these things if we don't have some type of knowledge of them. And I do pray for my listeners, for wisdom, knowledge, discretion, understanding, and Lord God, your open doors for their lives, that that, um, you would make a way where there seems to be no way in all of our respective situations, that if, Lord God, if this is going to go down in the next month regarding Israel, Uh, regarding martial law, what our responsibilities would be, whether that's prayer, fasting, if you want a given household to start preparing to actually move to an alternate location, that you would show us in all of our respective lives exactly what you would want us to do. And I pray that that would be done with precision, Lord, and that 
Every devil, demon, evil entity, fallen angel, or fallen cherub that would try to hinder this process or this prayer in any way, shape, or form be bound up and rebuked and cast into the abyss until which time they'd then be cast into the lake of fire and that none would be able to come to take their place. That you would give us clarity of mind. That we would be reminded to put on the full armor of God and the mind of Christ and the armor of light, as your word talks about. And we claim Psalm 64 against this wickedness that we have talked about, against this wickedness that they did on 11-11-11, these 13 crystal skulls, these gatherings of uh, mass gatherings of witches and all their efforts to do wickedness and to open up these demonic satanic portals and all of these wickedness of all these homosexual, bisexual, transgendered groups and the lukewarmness of the churches in the name of Jesus Christ and all the wicked devices that we've exposed in time past. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of lane of snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall, make, they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what your word says, and I, I do pray, God, for your judgment on this. Because this wickedness, Lord God, is just compounded and compounded and getting worse every single week that we come before you. And I I pray, God, for your justice. I pray to God for your justice, for your judgment regarding these matters. Because if Satan continues to, to force these things on the world, there's just going to be more and more people that fall into this delusion and more and more people just end up going to hell. It's much more merciful, Lord, for your judgment to come and for people to be converted and for godly sorrow which worketh repentance and the fear of God to fall upon them, which is what I pray for, that their souls be saved and that they get converted and that they um, be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you. Um, I pray that your name be glorified through the body of Christ, through this ministry, and that you would use us mightily um, to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.